Hey, what's up, everybody? It's an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the show The Orville. It's a show on Hulu, and it, we are going to be going into spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen the show, we are only going to be talking about episode one, so you should be safe, um, but you, we are still talking about episode one, so if you haven't seen episode one at the very least, go and watch episode one, then come back and see what we had to say about it. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, so for the Orville, I remember people telling me that it was a good show, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, it's Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane normally does good shows, like Family Guy, American Dad, um, we, we, uh, the Cleveland show. Like, Normally, I like what Seth MacFarlane does, and I think Seth MacFarlane's funny. So at the very least, I expected this show to be funny. And, and Seth MacFarlane's humor is normally more it feels there's a clever humor but a lot of it in his cartoons feel almost kind of like slapstick and just utterly ridiculous like it always revolves around someone just being a little too stupid in order to like drive the the sitcom or the the, the episodes over and over again so when going into the orville i expected i i guess i kind of expected more of that but in live action so when i when the first episode opens and when you see his character and he's a very normal guy and the characters are also all very normal and realistic and believable, I was a little taken aback. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean, is this a, is this a legit sci-fi show with like wrinkles of comedy? Are you serious? And yeah, and then I went along for the rest of the ride for the episode and found myself very much enjoying it yeah um i so i actually am not a huge fan of seth mcfarlane um mm -hmm. because his humor is very crude and sometimes kind of gross um but i i guess like what really drew me to this show is because of the sci-fi part of it and because i'm a huge star trek fan and so i thought it would be um fun to watch basically a parody of star trek because i mean if you look if one loves star trek one will watch a star trek parody even if it's by someone that they don't really care for and i was pleasantly surprised because i was like actually it's pretty close to star trek um in the in the sense of plot and so it's just it's basically Star Trek, but more like loose. It's more laid back. It's more um, like, I think it's like kind of closer to reality in the sense of like the kind of people that exist in real life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like they're, uh, like I like how, um, I forget his name. Um, he asks uh, the captain or like, Seth MacFarlane's character if he would be allowed to have beverages oh, yeah. on, the, on the bridge when he's on the helm and I was like that's a legit question like yeah, I, right? I think you know on my first day of work I probably would ask that too <laughs> like is it okay like I remember being in school and being like can we bring water into the computer room that kind of thing right. Because there are actually rules like that, but, like, not in every place. So I thought that was funny. Because so it has, like, a touch of a... Like, because Star Trek is one thing. 
it's it's a sci-fi it's its own world but then when you kind of look at it like you ask yourself questions like in real life though would people really be like this and i think we get a kind of good variety of that in the show but um but it's over the top like you said it's kind of slapstick too um for example there's this part where um he is talking to the krill villain on on the big screen and he's like not centered and he was like i was like he's worried about the composition of the view screen and he's like can you move over a little bit you're kind of like off to the side it's it's just just really distracting and i was like dying the first time i watched it i was like this is so (laughs) i i was dying when they saw the banana and this dude said oh my gosh You've done it. We no, we need no longer fear the banana. Does it work on salad? And I was like, oh my god, dude, you were the worst. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, no. Um, I... Just really quick about about the view screen. I think one of the reasons why I thought it was so funny was because one of the things I always ask myself is like, where is their camera, and how are they always in the middle? Like, how are they always standing? in exactly the most perfect frame because if it was like real life like i don't know like when 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 you get ready for this show i'm always like trying to fix the camera and make sure i'm in the middle and everything i i, I don't just land here you know yeah, so. i don't just land here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah go no, on what you. were you gonna say <laughs> um i was going to say that the thing about the show that also kind of surprised me was so you mentioned Star Trek. Star Trek's still relatively new for me. I didn't watch Star Trek for the first time until 2013. So that was when I first started, saw Star Trek, and it was uh, The Next Generation. That's when I started with watching. And so, like, but I watched all of season one of The Next Generation and then watched halfway through season two. But I got, like, a very good vibe of what the, of what the show was like. And so when watching the Orville, I was so surprised at how well it captured that spirit, how well it captured and evoked those same kind of feelings. Like it almost kind of felt like I was sitting at home watching an old like 90s sci-fi television show, or even like Stargate SG-1 or something, which I did watch a lot of when I was a kid. And I was like, it's, it's little things. It's like the music, it's the energy, it's the the places where it goes to commercials. Um, the fact that the commercials, like, like, it kind of fades out as opposed to just, like, doing hard cuts like more modern shows do when they go to, like, quote-unquote commercial breaks. And so the energy of it just evoked that same. And you could tell that Seth MacFarlane is a fan of, uh, of this, like, era of, like, filmmaking in this time frame. Um, and... John Favreau was the director for this particular episode, so you can also tell that John Favreau, who we know have done a lot of other things like Iron Man and The Mandalorian and things like that, like you can tell that he also is a fan of this era as well. And it just run it rang through so well. And even though I'm I'm like I only saw Star Trek for the first time like ten years ago, basically, like I still had those feelings from other shows that I had seen when I was a kid, like Stargate SG-1, and it just really impressed me at how well the energy carried over into this show. 
and it just gave me a really good feeling on top of the fact that it also made me laugh. Yeah, I, honestly, I remember having this conversation when it first came out with uh, some of my fellow Trekkies. Mm -hmm. um, but it's I think it's kind of safe to say that the Orville is closer to, like, what uh -oh. the true... Uh -oh. The true uh -oh. likeness or, like, the, 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 I don't know how to explain, like, the vibe or, you know, the, not the universe, but, like, what the show is, like, what Star Trek is. The Orville is closer to that than some of the newer Star Trek shows, like, just, like Discovery, Enterprise, oh, even, dang. even, dare I say, Picard. Picard? Oh, Picard is not like the traditional Star Trek. Like it has the Star Trek characters and stuff like that, but it's more modernized. Like Picard is more like today's types of shows, like and narratives, than it is Star Trek. It's not very wow. Star Trek at all, actually. But I still enjoyed it. I see. Interesting. Yeah. But I... um. But yeah. So oh. I. It, it's, it's it's safe to say, the Orville is pretty on, on um, par with traditional Star Trek. So, I think that's why it's so likable is because, it's almost like they they went into it like while they were creating it, they were making it for us to watch. Like they knew the people that were going to be watching it, are going to be the people who are fans of the original Star Treks. And and it's true, because, like, you have Isaac, who's basically Data, and then you have um, Malloy, the, the pilot, is basically Tom Harris from um, from uh, Voyager, and his BFF is going to be... Um, what's his name? I didn't write it down. Uh, the other helmsman. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the two helmsmen. What's his name? I forget his name. The brown guy. <laughs> Yeah, I forget. I don't. I know forget his name. Yet. But basically, he, um, Tom Harris, has a best friend um, named Harry Kim, and they were like the two guys that were always like, you know, getting into mischief together. That's them. And then, um, and then you have uh, Bordis, who's basically Worf. And... Oh my god, I love Bordis. Yeah, <laughs> Bordis is so great. Yeah, um, but he's basically Worf, and there's like there's always like a character that has like no emotions, is very stoic, like uh, Tuvok on Voyager. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's Worf. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the and and then there's the uh, the music, and then there's the the music again, like the theme song, and then there's the music when um, when we're about to go to commercial break. And it gets really high and like dramatic. It's very string string heavy and stuff like that. It's that's totally Star Trek. It's very <laughs> it's it's kind of laughable. Like when I watch watch the old Star Trek um, series uh, back and we're going to commercial break, they always like something's happening and then the music gets all like dramatic like that and they just stare. Yeah, they, yep. they need time to cut it off for the commercial. <laughs> so true. It's the best. And they had uh, that in the show. So. No, you're, you're, you're right. I, I remember, like, I think it was when uh, they go to the commercial break when um, this, in this episode, the guy pulls a gun 
uh, on them while they're trying to call the, the they're trying to call the Federation or whatever this universal version of the Federation to come and get this time accelerator or whatever the thing was called and like they did that same kind of commercial break where they I remember that exact that's exactly the thing I'm thinking about the music plays you just a wide shot you see all the characters they're all staring and then it just fades it fades to black that's like yeah I've, I've seen like I said Star Trek is still new for me but I recognize the aesthetic so I also really enjoyed the fact that you brought up you just ran through all the characters I was surprised at how quickly I started liking them. Like, I was like, I've had no time to really learn who these characters are, but I immediately liked everybody. I, I mean, and I think that's probably why they do like, they kind of do like a role call sort of thing where he's talking to the superior officers who are basically going to be our main characters and he's saying their names and listing what they do and then having a brief conversation with them. Like, it's, it's that whole thing, that strategy that writers use, where if I introduce you to a world and you don't know anything about it, either you learn through the world, learn about the world organically, or you learn about the world through someone else that doesn't know the world as well, and they're going to be your eye, the eyes for the audience. And although Seth MacFarlane's character knows the world, he doesn't know these characters. So him meeting these characters for the first time is us meeting these characters for the first time. And it's very organic; it doesn't feel forced. And and I liked it. I liked being like I don't still don't remember everybody's names, but I know their faces. I have an idea of what their personalities are like, uh, just you know very broadly. But it's it was really it was very cool. And then all those characters in this first episode kind of got to show what they were made of. Um, Bordis gets to have command of the ship in the first episode, and basically try to keep everybody alive until the the captain and the first. Uh, the number one can uh, can make it back to the ship, and I thought that that was like I thought that was really cool. And the guy, the pilot, he gets to show his stuff by you know, basically threading the needle with the spaceship style and even catching a spaceship out of midair that can't like that has its navigation broken. So you know, like and the the young twenty two year old girl or twenty three year old like alien girl who's able to like super strong and like jump long distance. She's got her moment. So everybody. I would dare say kind of gets their moment at least a little bit in this first episode. So it does a very good job of not only just establishing the characters, but establishing their usefulness to the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's more characters to come um, as well. So we are going to get a chance to meet the other characters um, that you kind of got to see, like they were in the first episode, but we didn't really get to talk to them. Um, the other thing that uh, I didn't really notice before was uh, they they mentioned things that are going to be future episodes later. So really, and you get to know um, and you get to know more about like some of the characters' backgrounds. So like, it's and that's also why I kind of feel like this is very Star Trek because they they do that on Star Trek where. Um, they have episodes that are about one of the other characters, not the main characters. Like, it's not always about the captain. It's about the whole crew. And so there are episodes where they're, like, on a mission and stuff like that, but then it involves another character or they're doing a mission that is specific to a character. Um, and that is also very Star Trek. Like, that ex exploration of the characters. So, um... It's almost like a like a 
like a doctor drama where you have like the surgeries and the patients and stuff like that as like the driving storyline but it's really about the doctors right but here it's really about the crew and um and so like i'm I'm excited for you to, to watch more of it because um, we do get to learn more about Bordis and his species and how their species works and stuff like that and their plant and everything. It's this whole it's this whole thing. I'm really excited about um, you watching those episodes. <laughs> the one thing I don't know about Bordis' species is that they apparently urinate only once a year. Yes. <laughs> and that so. will come back. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> this is the one time. <laughs> Take note. I, I. So one of the things that I wonder about the show, and I want to ask you as somebody who has seen more of it, one of the other things about Star Trek that was very um, progressive about its time, or or very, I guess was think the fact. What I'm trying to say is that Star Trek was very progressive for its time, and so with how it tackled certain cultural issues or even political issues and how they address most of those um, situations with nuance. Is that another, is that kind of another um, feeling that the Orville also replicates? Yes, it is. Um, it's basically like you could, you could basically say that this is Star Trek wow. unofficially because they have the same ideals, the same um, rules and stuff. It's just copied. The only difference is that it's a comedy. I so, see. And, yeah, and it's also interesting because, like, going into it, they start off by saying, like, this is a medium crew. It's it a whatever ship. And, it, you know, he's a whatever captain. Like, he's a washed-off captain. And so, therefore, the crew is like whatever. Like they're they're um, unremarkable um, in the world of like what you would say Starfleet, where you have um, shows where uh, you have the flagship Enterprise with um, Captain Kirk, and then when you move on to the next generation, you have again the flagship with Captain Picard, where they're already looked at as the most awesome ship out there. It's the flagship. It's the biggest ship. Right. Um, but here you have like a medium one. Even Captain Janeway is awesome because she gets thrown all the way across the Delta to the Delta part of the galaxy and she has to figure out how to survive and come back. So wow. they're all, like all the Star Trek captains are amazing already when we first start. Um, but here we have a, a washed up guy, a washed up captain, and he has to, you know, I mean, over time, because of the show, they become awesome because of the journey that they go through. So it, I think it's another cool aspect to see. Well, it kind of goes along with what we were kind of talking about earlier um, for our last show we talked about before this, where it gives, it gives them room to grow, but it doesn't make it like, it doesn't go for the absolute extreme right it's not like they're not good at what they do at all like all of them are competent at what they do but there's still room for them to be better like it's not like he's a terrible captain it's just that 
he might not be the best captain because of the things that he had gone through in the past. And same thing for the other people that are on his ship. There's various reasons they have for being there. Not all of them are the re- are for like the best reasons. Um, and so like I really do like seeing that. I am curious if the show is going to go in the obvious direction where him and his ex-wife are going to rekindle their relationship or if it's going to kind of step away from that and kind of do its own kind of thing where they they have moved on for each other from each other honestly and they will just be you know a good captain and first or co-captain and first mate i forget what her actual title is but the the show shows that they are they make a really good team and i liked i did like that like the um, the guy who gave her the position that apparently we find out that she asked for said that the studies show that they would work well together and rather than just the show just telling us oh those two work well together it shows us they play off each other very well and they are able to together survive this uh, ordeal so i am curious to see more of the interaction but i am also curious to see if the show is going to like i said do the obvious thing of have it be oh well now that they're working together they rekindle their romance and they get back together or if it's going to be like a thing of hey look we had our time but at, at this point we just we work really well together so I'm curious about that. Let's just say that I like the way, the direction that they take. And I think it's funny because they do make them very unprofessional at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they always like bring up the, their marital issues in front of everybody. And like, in front of everybody. It's funny that first scene when uh, she gets to the ship and. <laughs> They're like arguing in his office, and then they cut to the bridge, and everyone can hear them. That was hilarious. <laughs> that that does not happen on Star Trek, <laughs> right? Oh, I even like how 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 bored is literally. It's just like when he when he and the other girl he's sitting next to you are talking. She's like, "Wow, you can touch the." you can cut the tension in here with a knife. And he says, don't make eye contact. <laughs> just like plain. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So Bordis, like, even though you're like the, the dry person of the, the crew, you actually have feelings about these things. <laughs> so I liked seeing that. I like the fact that he has a still, even though he's supposed to be like without feeling, he still has a personality. And I was like, that's no, that's- he's, he's not what you would say one that doesn't have feelings. He just doesn't okay. emote them. That's all. I see. The one who doesn't have feelings is Isaac, the robot. Right. Yeah. That's okay. different. Because his 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 whole thing is like, I don't understand human emotions. And that's like Data's whole thing. But um Bordis is more like Worf, well where he does have emotions, but it's very like one dimensional and you don't really know exactly what it is that they're feeling because they they kind of express it and and like process it in a different way but they but they're still like people they're just different <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious to see more of that then and you said what was the guy who's basically like data in the show what's his name isaac isaac i was really laughing when isaac had his introduction and something fallen's captain was like aren't isn't your isn't your species just like notoriously racist <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. So I can only imagine where that's going to go. But oh, man, that's so good. Like, I can't tell you, like, 
how many things in this first episode come up again later. Like, the writing is so good. Like, you would never think that, like, like one stupid joke that comes, that they have in, in the show, it will come up again. And they'll make a whole thing about it. Like, the, 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 um, I'm just gonna tell you now, um, spoiler. (laughs) Um, but the whole thing about Portis urinating once a year, there's a whole episode about that. (laughs) So, it, this stuff comes back. It, it's so good. They definitely planned everything out really well. Okay. Have you and have you seen season two yet? Yes, I'm up to date. Okay, nice. So you're gonna be watching season three when it comes out. It's already out, and I watched it. Oh <laughs> wow! The, I mean, it, it comes out week to week, so yeah. Okay, this uh, we should have titled our double segment as like the shows that Cheryl and Chris separately keep up with because I'm up to date on the boys <laughs> and you're not, <laughs> but you're up to date on Yorville. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get there at some point. But, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take my time and get through it. But I, I can see myself also like watching this before bed. That was another thing when I when I did watch Star Trek, I was watching it late at night, every time every like before I would go to sleep, and that's how I slowly got through the first season and part of the second season. And because this gives me similar vibes, I don't know. I just I find it relaxing. It it helps me sleep. Even when I watched Stargate as a kid, I was watching Stargate at like 11 at night or 12 in the morning. You know. Um, and I get like it might be a little bit of like the nostalgia in me, but I like having that feeling. And I couldn't get over how because when I did watch this, I did watch it at night. I watched it right before bed, and I had that same feeling that I had all those years ago and all that time when I was a kid. So I like that feeling, and I'm glad that the show kind of can reawaken that in me. So I absolutely will be continuing it, um, but, like as we go, like as I keep going. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I. I, I would agree. Um, there's just something about Star Trek and these kind of sci-fi shows that I think it's because they're so wholesome. And even though um, like Seth MacFarlane's humor is very crude and like like I said, gross sometimes, in a way like they're there, but then it always turns around and becomes wholesome again. And I think that's why it's so easy to watch these shows. Um, is because like they they have like a a moral for every episode and mm-hmm. it's like book ended every time even though like the story continues and goes on and there is an overall um storyline and there's an arc and everything but every episode closes and has an ending it wraps up so you can move on with your life right um and you can you can kind of stop and go and it makes it i think easy to go because you're like easy to stop watching it but also easy to continue watching it because you want to see more but you can stop at any time like after an episode's over that's hard to do yeah i i think you're right so i mean i'm glad that you decided to have us do it for this show because you found another show that i'm excited to continue watching but um, we've been going for a little bit now. Is there anything else that you wanted to like say about like this first episode, about the show in general, before we get out of here? Um, 
No, not really. Not for this. Uh, I am really excited by it. I, I'm glad that they kept going. Um, they kind of took a long time to get to season two, like to release season two. So I'm excited that there's a, a season three now. How uh, long was but, it in between season one and two? Why did it take so long? I think long? it was two years. I'm oh. not sure why. Um, I forget it what happened the pandemic? exactly. Uh, no, I think it. the first season came out in 2015 that long so huh? there was like a big gap um but i don't remember i have to look uh, i don't don't take my word for that um but i do remember there was a long wait in between the first and second season and i, I didn't even know about the third season so but but yeah there's a big gap between the seasons so it's very exciting when a new season comes out but I can 100% see this being um, something that goes on for, like, years and years and years. Because, you know, if you didn't know, the Star Trek shows run on for lots and lots of seasons. So to have something like the Orville come out, and, like, I know that it's probably not going to be that long because um, those writers and actors have a lot of things that they could do. Other than Orville, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be a long-running series, but um, long live Orville. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, I mean, those Star Trek shows you're talking about are like 20, 20-something episode seasons, and they go on for like seven or more. I think some of them have like nine or ten seasons. So, yeah, uh, definitely a, <laughs> a huge legacy to follow. But yeah, that's what we thought about uh, the Orville. What did you guys think about it? Have you seen the Orville? Uh, usually, if you guys want to hear us talk more about this or other things, you can check us out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash c3films. We'd be great to see you guys over there. But did you enjoy the show? Did have you Are you up to date like Cheryl? Is it something that you would like to see more of? What have you thought about it? Comment below. Let us know. And right down there, if you guys like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time.